0: I'm Alec Lace. Welcome to First Class Fatherhood. Welcome everybody to episode 589 of the podcast. I am happy as always to be here with you. Thank you for stopping by. this is your first time listening to the podcast, please get over there and bang that subscribe button. You do not want to miss all the action coming your way right here on First Class Fatherhood. All right, dads, I have an awesome guest for you guys today. John Cho joins me on First Class Fatherhood. John is an actor who is very well known for his role as Harold Lee in the Harold and Kumar films. The first one of the series, Harold and Kumar Goes to White Castle, was absolutely hysterical and really set that series on fire. He has also been on all the American Pie films. If you're a Star Trek fan, then you know him from the 2009 J.J. Abrams Star Trek films and the following uh, sequels. He has found some tremendous success in Hollywood, and now he's got a brand new book out, a fictional novel for middle schoolers titled Troublemaker, which follows the story of a young Korean-American boy through the chaos of the 1992 Rodney King riots in L.A. John is going to talk about that and so much more. John Cho will be here with me in just a few minutes, so please stick around for the interview. And today's interview with John Cho was recorded on video and is available for you guys to watch on my YouTube channel. So if you'd like to watch the conversation between the actor and myself, please subscribe to First Class Fatherhood on YouTube. Link is in the description of today's podcast episode. And as I said there, John Cho's new book, Troublemaker, is available now. The link to his book is down there in today's show notes the link to my pre-order for my upcoming book First Class Fatherhood Advice and Wisdom from High Profile Dads is currently available on Amazon and Target you'll find the link in the description of today's show notes as well don't forget to follow me over on Instagram at Alec underscore lace for all the upcoming guest announcements if you're enjoying this podcast please consider leaving me a rating or review on Apple Podcasts goes a long way to help me out and as always guys please help me spread this word to every father in your neighborhood or in your contact list and let them know about the show to see us celebrating fatherhood and family life fatherhood rocks Family values rule, and every day is Father's Day right here with me, and I'm going to be right back with John Cho. I'm Alec Lacey, and you're listening to First Class Fatherhood. Joining me now, First Class Father, John Cho. Welcome to First Class Fatherhood.
1: Thank you very much. Thanks for having me.
0: All right, let's start it just like this. How many kids do you have? How old are they? Uh,
1: I got a uh, boy who's about to turn 14. And um, I've got a girl who's
0: nine. Okay, very cool. You got one and one there. Are you all done there? Or are you going to try to break the tie at some point?
1: <laughs> Dude, I'm done.
0: <laughs> <laughs> all, right, all right. I, I got four kids myself.
1: We just got a puppy, so that's uh, it's Full House, man.
0: Okay, that'll tie you over. Listen, if you could, John, please do me a favor here. If you could, just take a minute to hit my listeners with a little bit about your background and what you do.
1: Uh, okay, I'm an, uh, I'm an actor. I've r- just written a book uh, for the first time, and um, I was born in uh, South Korea, came to the United States when I was six years old, and um, moved around a bit, but we but we settled in, in uh, California, so I'm a California kid.
0: Very cool. And so you said uh, your first 14 years. So take me back to the beginning of your fatherhood journey then. About how old were you when you first became a father, and how did that experience kind of change or shift your perspective on life?
1: Um, so I was in my, uh, I guess mid thirties, um, by the time I had my first, um, so it's normal now, but it was considered late, I guess. Um, and how has fatherhood changed me? I guess it's, uh, how hasn't it changed me is, is, is the more accurate question. I think, um, now your mind is organized to think of everything, um, as for the kids, you know, like every every dollar you make is <laughs> it's tuition and, and, and food and clothes. And before I measured it in beers. <laughs> uh, so um, everything is sort of about that. And, you know, even my work, I go, uh, you know, the, the, the job is uh, is the job in L.A. is the where is the job? Is it going to be a, a good place to bring my family what will they think when they see it all that stuff
0: yeah very cool what would you what would you consider the uh the top values that you hope to instill in your kids growing up
1: um i want them to be able to think for themselves you know and i want them to i want them to be independent uh of us um i want uh i want them to be uh conscious of the world that they're living in, meaning um, meaning, be aware that we're not alone. Um, and you, uh, the things that you do, the actions that you take um, affect other people and including the, the, the planet. So um, I, I guess I want them to be socially engaged citizens. And uh, I hope that they're uh, but they're happy, really, more than anything else.
0: Yeah, very well said. And I'm going to jump into your book. Uh, I got a copy of your book here, Troublemaker. We're going to jump into that in just a second here. But I I wanted to get your uh, your thoughts on this, because one thing I focus on on my show a lot is the fatherless crisis that we have going on in our country. We have so many kids growing up without a father or father figure in our society, and it's having a devastating toll uh, on so many aspects uh, of our country. But in in saying that the Asian-American community, it seems to have. The the best percentage of families that are staying together, they they they, are, they have the highest number of that. I think it correlates with so many of the other things that we see as, as far as what is being affected by this fatherless crisis. Uh, as far as you know teenage drug use teenage suicide all across the board, uh but the Asian community seems to have a, a a a very low rate of fatherless households. What do you think um what is the difference between the asian American family as opposed to the other cultures, and why do you think it has such a high rate of families that stay together and intact?
1: I can only imagine that it's cultural that you know divorce is found upon um, uh so And, you know, a lot of Asian families are uh, living in poverty. Uh, I don't know that uh, a lot of those uh, households work with one income. Um, So perhaps it's that. And also a lot of immigrants here in the United States come uh, and open up their their entrepreneurs and they open up family owned businesses. And so the the family grows beyond just a social uh, grouping, but an economic one as well. So I think a lot of those uh factors those are guesses um uh, that that you keep a family intact um, just guesses
0: and what about as far as the relationship with your father what are some of the things that you've taken uh you know from away from your dad that you're using in your own parenting philosophy
1: Well um you know the, the biggest one that comes to mind is um You know, this is uh, the the book in many ways is a compressed version of my relationship with my father over the course of a night uh, rather than over the course of decades like uh, me and him. But um, the one that comes to mind when you ask that question is a sense of social responsibility. My dad was a pastor growing up uh, when I was growing up. And, um, you know, when I told him that I was going to major in English in college, he was bummed out because uh you know there's not there's not a whole lot of there's not a bag of money at the end of that degree <laughs> uh, but <laughs> but he said well maybe you can write the history of um, Koreans in the US and um i think he was reaching for a kind of um social responsibility to one's community and i think that uh despite maybe rebelling against him in my youth, I've um, really absorbed that value
0: in particular. Yeah, very cool. And you mentioned it there, the, the book Troublemaker available now. Link is going to be in the description of this podcast episode. Uh, why did you decide to write the book and why the setting of the 1992 um, riots in L.A.? Did you choose as the backdrop of this?
1: Well, I was planning on writing something much lighter, uh, perhaps a mystery book um, and As we were finalizing what that might look like, um, 2020 came along and there were so many events that kind of upended our lives. Firstly the pandemic, the murder of George Floyd and the Black Lives Matter protests, anti-Asian violence, and the kids were at home with us, obviously, um, not going to school. So I just started thinking about what all this must feel like and look like for my kids. And as a result, I started really examining um, our lives in the United States as immigrants and wondering what this, where this country was headed. So I look back to a very pivotal um, event for Korean Americans, in particular, the, um, the Los Angeles riots. And there were a lot of similarities to what happened with George Floyd. And, and so I had a different idea and went with this book. Um, and the book is about a kid who comes home that day, twelve years old. His parents, his dad, goes back to board their liquor store um, in case there's trouble, boarded up. And he gets so scared watching the news, the the son does that he makes the ill-advised decision to please his father by going into his closet, grabbing the gun, and sneaking out of the house and trying to deliver it to his dad for protection.
0: Yeah, incredible. And what kind of feedback have you gotten so far? And have you have you had anybody that experienced uh, the '92 riots uh, give you any kind of feedback on the accuracy or the authenticity that you were able to capture in the book?
1: I've been speaking mostly with journalists, so I haven't I haven't uh, met with anyone aside from the the people I did the, uh, talk to for research. Um, I'd be curious to know myself. Um, I hope that it feels okay. It's a work of fiction, obviously, and. And I do want to stress that it isn't a historical document or even a political document. It's um, it's really a love story between a son and his father, and I think um, that's where we put our energy to make a, a portrait of a, a of a family on a day on the worst day of their lives, you know, and trying to see, uh, trying to imagine what it might be like for a kid who's twelve, going taking his first baby steps into adulthood and trying to understand the world around him. Um, And so that that age is really difficult uh, as you're trying to understand what the adults around you understand and sometimes failing.
0: Yeah, uh, very cool. And, and, And then if we could, John, flipping it back into you as a dad here, what kind of disciplinarian would you say you are as a father? And is that different than the discipline style you grew up with?
1: Well, yeah, I was beaten. (laughs) I was hit as a kid. (laughs) We don't do that at our house. Um, (laughs) What's funny is uh, I have discovered that it's, in my experience, once you sort of move the markers, it's not particularly necessary. Um, You know, you can, a stern look seems to be as as effective. I wish my dad knew that. (laughs) A stern whack worked from him. Uh, but, um, but mostly we feel, I feel like it's a lot of explaining why that's not productive behavior rather than yelling or striking or any of that stuff. It's, it's, this is, this is bad for you and it's bad for us. And this is why you should do the alternative. It's kind of, it's kind of more like that.
0: Yeah, I, I love that. I, I'm not laughing there because you say you were you, your dad was beating you. I laugh because uh, so many of the dads that I asked that question to have that same similar response as I do. I mean, I was smacked around as a kid, and it's like it, it has the culture has shifted. I think across all cultures, uh, yeah. it is no longer you know socially acceptable uh, to physically punish children, and uh, so that definitely the uh, parenting philosophy has changed over the. I years. I don't even
1: think uh, you know when, I, when we first <laughs> had our son, I was like, we're gonna we're gonna hit him, right? And my wife was like, "No, we're not." And I go, "Oh, well, what do you do then?" <laughs>
0: I, yeah, I'll tell you what. It, it's different, uh, you know. For my, for each kid, they they definitely respond to different uh, styles of discipline. I, I, like I said, I have four of them myself, so it definitely takes a a little bit of different finesse to to figure out what works right with each one.
1: By the way, I'm I'm I, I, we don't do it in our house, but I don't feel like uh, I'm certainly not making a pronouncement about it. I can see situations where you. You know, there's something about a whack on the butt that'll snap them out of whatever state they're in. It's possible that that's. uh... But now I'm going into dangerous waters.
0: Well, that's the thing exactly. I think so many of the people, too, they're afraid to even say, like, I'm one of the kids. I've spanked my children, not all of them. But I think that I have children that I could just threaten to spank. And it works. Other ones, until they're spanked, they won't get it. And obviously, there's a big difference between spanking a child and beating a child. Right, right, right. Yeah. uh, Always important. important point. point, And they need to know, um,
1: I I found that however you do it, the point of any discipline is, is, um, you know, be it physical or not, is making sure that the kid knows that they have boundaries. And this is the line that you shouldn't cross. And and in fact, kids really appreciate it and desperately want it, desperately want to know that you have boundaries for them. Um, if you don't give it to them, um, I think that's when you lose them.
0: Yeah, very, very well said. And then getting back into to your career here, your acting career, when did you actually get the acting bug? And were there any, uh, particular actors that you looked up to at the time that you were looking to, uh, aspire to be, to emulate? What was really the, 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 that, the propelling force that got you into the acting scene?
1: Um, I just, uh tried it out in college, uh, somebody asked me if I want to audition for a school play and I hadn't thought of it. Um, you know, a lot of it was just not seeing uh, Asians on television when I was a kid and didn't think that that was a viable career option, didn't think it could work. In fact, it wasn't particularly a viable career option when I started anyway. <laughs> but um, but uh, I gave it a shot. And after I graduated, um, you know, not having a, another clear path, uh, gave it a shot and, um, it has, uh, thankfully worked out, I guess.
0: And and you said there at the top when we were talking, uh, becoming a father, how it changed you, uh, as particularly with what you do with acting, as far as where the roles are going to take you, has it changed the, the, the factor of which particular roles you'll choose to play? um since becoming a dad has that kind of shifted your perspective on that knowing that your kids down the line obviously i don't know at what age you would allow them to watch the harold and kumar films stuff like that but has it shifted the the roles you're seeking out at the moment
1: yeah i think so in this general sense i don't think necessarily i think oh well you know this is for them um i don't necessarily think that way however um being a parent uh I think does make you aware that time is not an infinite commodity and you want to do things that are worthwhile and are fulfilling and so um, so uh, I guess you search for deeper levels of satisfaction especially after having kids which is another level of fulfillment and satisfaction that you didn't imagine possible you know so um, it kind of changes the whole, all the piping in your brain as far as I'm concerned.
0: Yeah, very cool. And I know obviously the the, the acting game has changed tremendously uh, since you first burst onto the scene here. The way we watch movies, consume movies has completely changed. And So two parts here would just be, do either of your kids have the acting bug just yet? And what kind of advice do you have for the parent out there that does have a kid that is interesting in an acting career? How would they go about pursuing it?
1: Oh, um, if a parent wanted to, uh, oh, what was the first question? I'm so sorry.
0: If either one of your kids were, if I, oh. you know, had the acting bug yet.
1: As far as I know that they're, they're not seriously considering acting. They, um, they like school plays, but I don't know if that'll lead to, to this miserable life. But, um, uh, advice for parents and kids, you know, generally I, I I'm, i'm not a person who discourages it's a it's it's you know the numbers say it's a tough game to get into so people have to be aware of that on the other hand you know you only live once um and i do feel like uh people have the god-given right to chase their dream if they so choose to do uh to do that and so um i think for me anything that a parent can do to support a kid it is really it should be focused on the following whatever happens in the outside world the rejections or whatever they should feel like coming home they're going to be safe and loved in this place and the world may be the opposite but anytime you come home we appreciate you we love you you're safe here and i think if you give kids that then they can go out in the world and risk you know which is um inherent in any career but it may be in particular acting
0: yeah R- really great stuff john and then, and then one more hit around the book here uh is there any particular place you'd like the readers to go i got the amazon link in the description of the podcast episode and uh are you thinking about or do you have a screenplay version of this that you're trying to shop for a movie or a series
1: um, it may happen. Yeah. I mean that, that, that might happen. It's, uh, it's, I think it would be, uh, uh, a, a straightforward a- adaptation and I think it could be a movie. Uh, we'll, we'll see. Um, and in terms of where they should get it, uh, anywhere you buy books, I love, I love, uh, uh, Barnes and Noble has been great to me, independent bookstores. There's also an audio version. If you're into that, um, I'm, I'm a, I'm a podcast aficionado so it's there's a I'm consuming so much more through my ears than my eyes lately so uh, I recorded that version as well
0: Awesome. Yeah. I, I'm just like you. Uh, I was normally, you know, I knock out a book a week and now I find myself definitely listening more. And sometimes what I'm doing now is reading the book and then reinforcing it by listening to it mm. again. And I find that helps me to consume it a little bit better. So Fascinating. Uh, very cool. So what, what kind of, uh, what, are, what upcoming projects you got? What are you working on here now? What's coming out next for you? What's the goals here for the future?
1: Well, um, I have a movie coming out later this year called don't make me go. And it's, uh, It's it's a father-daughter love story, and uh, I think that's a very special film. Um, It's about a father who learns that he has a tumor, an inoperable, or rather a life-threatening tumor, and rather than telling his child, um, he's a single father, he decides to keep it a secret and instead take her on a road trip to meet her mother so that she will not be alone after he goes so um it's uh it's a good one i think
0: wow very cool I definitely look forward to that it's definitely different uh, it, it, i always use the example of the movie john q with denzel washington i had seen that movie before i became a father and it had like an impact on me but then i revisited that film years later when i was a dad and it had a whole different effect on me uh so yeah. it, it it definitely changes and it sounds like a movie like that would definitely be more Uh, touching being a father yourself to experience so uh yeah both to
1: watch and to be in yeah Yeah. so you have access to things like i say you know i always say uh having kids you learn um this kind of love that you 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 you, you, oh that exists i didn't even know that (laughs) and it kind of kind of changes your whole uh your your approach to every single aspect of your life
0: yeah, I, w- I would think that's got to be so difficult as an actor. Like I asked when I had Matthew McConaughey on here, he he pr- portrayed a father in one of his earlier films before he was a dad, and he captured it so accurately. And I would imagine it's got to be challenging because there's definitely a shift that you don't experience until you become a father. So guys that are able to do that without having kids, I think it's just, it just speaks to the talent itself.
1: Um, Matthew McConaughey's good. He-
0: Yeah, he's doing all right. Damn it. He's good. Well, listen, last thing I want to hit you in here, John, I love to ask all the dads that I get on the podcast. What type of advice do you have for that new dad or for that about to be father who's out there listening?
1: Oh, man. Um, Don't try to do too much at once. Just enjoy. Drink it in. There's going to be a lot of bumps and deal with one at a time. Uh, don't get overwhelmed. Just deal with what's in front of you. And at some point you'll be through
0: it. Yeah. Very well said. I love the message. Troublemaker available now. Link is in the description of today's podcast episode. John Cho, a first class father all the way. And thank you for giving me a few minutes of your time here at First Class Fatherhood.
1: Thank you so much for having me. That was a really fun conversation.
0: Back to wrap things up here on First Class Fatherhood. I got to give a special thank you once again to John Cho for giving me a few minutes of his time. That was so cool. Please hit me up on Twitter, guys, or drop me that DM on Instagram. Let me know what you thought about today's podcast. I always love to read your feedback. Don't forget to follow me on Instagram at Alec underscore Lace for all the upcoming guest announcements. The link to John Cho's new book, Troublemaker, is in today's show notes, along with the pre-order for my new book, First Class Fatherhood Advice and Wisdom from High Profile Dads. That's all I got for you guys today. I'm Alec Lace. Thank you for listening to First Class Fatherhood. And please remember, guys, we are not babysitters. We are fathers. And we're not just fathers. We are first class fathers.